Okay, we're recording. It is September 14th, 2023. Uh, Jenny Newberry has had a heart attack. She's in the hospital. Um, that's uh, Larry Lee's wife. Um, and she's, I think, going to be okay, but they've got her down here at Radford. So prayers for her. Uh, the Johnny Goins family, Johnny passed away. Oh, really? He sure did. He had had cancer and he passed. So for his family and friends, uh, Bella uh, is a young lady that we uh, have been praying for for uh, to overcome addiction, and she's doing doing well. Um, and the longer she stays clean, the more likely she will stay clean. The strength through Christ for her. Marcos for his son. Our children and our grandchildren. We have uh, the folks who listen to the, this uh, podcast, John and Ruby and Vassy and Linda, um, Gail and Janice, prayer team. They read this. Uh, and and uh, kind of join us in these prayers. And a lot of people do. <laughs> A lot of people see it on Facebook and join in. And Marta and Charles and Sebron. Bob's praying for Mike, for peace in his heart and understanding. Pray for unsaved family members north. Pray for the victims in Hawaii, Maui. There must be more than a thousand. There's a lot of children missing. You hate to think it, but we know who we're dealing with. They may they they took the kids out of school. Probably had them somewhere, somewhere where they easily carted away. Uh, and you hate to think that way, but you know that's who you're dealing with. You know that's how they think and what they do. <clears throat> um, for our government leaders to do the right thing, people in Europe, my friend Jerry Scott, praying for him. I know that Governor Youngkin did a good thing in Virginia. That fellow's daughter was assaulted by that so-called transgender who was fully intact and, and, and assaulted in the girls' room in that Loudoun County school. And he went there to the school board to say, you've got to stop this policy. This is insane. And they just started yammering back and forth and wasn't going to do anything. And it, one thing led to another. It got violent. And it took four cops to to stop him and they had him up on all these charges assault charges and disturbance of peace and whatever governor Yunkin pardoned him he said no he's not going to be held accountable on any of these charges had you seen that Ron? Yeah. that was yeah. good three speeches you know yeah uh, the Stevens uh, Smiley is that the name? Yeah. And Beth Thompson. Yeah. Okay. Eric, Rex, John, Ted, unsafe family members for our country, America. Ray, pray for the <laughs> idiots in D.C. to either get saved or get out of power. Salvation to those who need it. Put Cameron and Jane on there too. Cameron and Jane.
Okay. Lost loved ones. Oh, thank you, Valentine. Our pastors to preach the truth. President Trump for divine protection, and I think he has it. They would have taken him out by now. You know they want to. You know, he flies that big Trump jet around. I believe God's got angels around it, and I don't care what kind of military might, the darkest, deepest depth of hell can conjure up. All of it put together couldn't phase one of God's angels. You know, we saw in uh, the Old Testament, uh, Sennacherib, he had 186,000 troops. 186,000. says God sent an angel, one. Wiped them out. We need divine protection. We lean on God's grace and love and provision and you know, and just stay as close to him these days as you can. For Osman and his church, and for our study group, all of us, you know, Gordon and Bud are out, but uh, they'll be back. Our pets. Thank God for your pets and pray for them. You know, we had two different veterinarians say it looked bad for Turbo when he couldn't use his back legs and just dragging himself around. He said it don't look good. It looked all right to the Lord. He restored him. I'm getting another potential spam call. I've had about seven or eight today. It's the most I've ever had. What kind of call? Spam. Just yeah. telemarketers. Maybe we should ask God to destroy the businesses of these people. Because I think that's not a not a legitimate business. They prey on people. Older people, especially. Yes. For our prayer team, Gail and Janice. Uh, let's join hands. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, God, you heard the prayers lifted up here, and uh, we just ask you, Lord, to to go a, ahead of the need and meet it, and in accordance with your will on each of these individuals we thank you god for our assembly here we thank you for the teaching of your holy spirit and your word we pray that we learn tonight as we fellowship together in the name of jesus amen get a picture of that just open up to first john chapter one have my NIV. I haven't been getting the KJVL. I don't know. You want this? No. I'll just use this one. Yeah, I'll get one. No, that's, no, you use that one. No, this is a good one for you. That Thompson down there, that big brown one. Thank you, Jerry. You didn't have to do that. <laughs> get my other glasses here. I'm walking like Fred Sanford, and I'm going through different pairs of glasses like Fred Sanford. I guess I'm going to be like Fred Sanford. 
Yeah. <laughs> you know, Lamont, uh, Demond Williams, he's a, he's a preacher. A good one, too. I've listened to him preach. Lamont? Lamont. Yeah. 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 He, uh, There's a lot of people like that. Yeah. And I don't know. He may have been back when he was doing the show. I don't know when he started preaching, but he definitely knows how to plow. I've listened to some of it. Give up the industry. He's got out of Hollywood, yeah. Archie Bunker's right about the meathead, and he's still a meathead. Yeah. <laughs> Reiner. Okay, let me get first John in this one. Carol O'Connor. Carol O'Connor. Really politically incorrect program. But it was fun. And you know, uh, the Jeffersons, it's fun. You know, uh, George Jefferson, he didn't like white people. He made it clear. Canada geese. They're migrating from one side of town to the other That's for winter. Because they don't leave. Right They're protected by the Migratory Waterfowl Act, as Forrest learned when he was 12. Because <laughs> he shot one. Yeah. And, and, and um, Jared wore it. Jared had yeah. to wear them. Because he was a Yeah. Poor Jared. Because he was the adult. Forrest had to write a report to the judge. Uh, that's what the game warden told him. He had a three-page report on the Migratory Waterfowl Act. But the game, you know, Lewis said to shoot them, and he didn't always mean they're, no, they're, they're, they're bothered, they're a pest. And the game warden agreed with that. He said they don't really migrate that much, if any. He said they, they, are, they are a pest. They've been protected to the point that we're overrun with them now. I think there is a season you can shoot them and eat them. But I don't know when that is. They're greasy, but they're good eating. <laughs> Never had one. They're good. They're good eating. Okay, First John, chapter one. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled, of the word of life. So we're listening to eyewitness, someone who knew Jesus Christ when he was here in the flesh. Verse 2. For the life was manifested, and we have seen it, and bear witness and show unto you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested unto us. Christ came as a person. But he is the body of God as we know. We are made in God's image, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. We have three. We have a body, and we have our soul, and then we have a spirit. Your spirit's not made alive and joined to God until you're saved. And when you're saved, your spirit's made alive and you're joined to the Lord. That's why Jesus said you must be born again. 
your spirit must be born again. You were born the first time in the flesh. You must be born in the spirit. Verse 3, That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you, that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And these things write we unto you, that your joy may be full. This then is the message which we have heard of him, and declare unto you that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. Hey, babe. I would like some soda water. Verse 6. That was good beef soup, wasn't it? Vegetable beef soup. It had chunks of potatoes. It had green beans. It had celery. It had carrots. It had cabbage. Um, and, of course, the beef. Mmm. Crackers. You just call that kitchen sink, Stu. It's good. <laughs> Everything but it. <laughs> that was good. Verse 6. If we say, thanks, baby. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. Walking in darkness, you're outside of fellowship with Christ. Is that more than that? What would you say? Like, not even a I think that's the problem. We talked last week about, you know, having a form of godliness and denying the power. And um, as we get closer to the culmination of everything, we will uh, we'll start to see people falling away, people not <coughs> believing anymore, and that's supposed to happen. It's prophesied that it would happen. It's happening now. I think it'll continue to happen. Do you think the falling away or people that think they believe or never did believe? or? Uh, yeah, I think that, that the falling away is from uh, people who uh, never believe. not born again. They have, have the form of godliness but deny the power. And... Um, you know, I think there is an unraptured portion of the church, which they won't really be the church. But upon the Lord's return, those who have persevered um, will be rewarded. Um, and we've have we been through that passage in Luke chapter 12 lately, where he tells them to stay dressed and ready for service, keep your lamps burning, like people waiting for their master to return from the wedding. So they're still here. They didn't go to the wedding. They weren't part of it. He said, if, you find, if we find you ready, if he finds you ready, he'll have you recline at the table and, and serve you and wait on you. I don't know. Friends of the bridegroom? Not the bride. In verse 6, once again, if we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie. And do not the truth. When you hear somebody say, Oh, yeah, I believe in God. Yeah, man upstairs. Man upstairs. 
David wrote, I think it's in Psalm 139, if I make my bed in hell, there you are. All these trite little commercials of depicting hell and cartoons and Satan there just yucking it up with his trident. He's not there. Satan, if you're strictly reading the Scripture, he never makes it to hell. He goes into the bottomless pit where he is kept for the entire millennium, the entire 1,000 years of the millennium. And when he's taken out, he's thrown into the the lake of fire where death and hell are also thrown. So yeah, I mean, you could say he goes to hell at the same time that he gets put in the lake of fire and hell's going there. But, um, you know, that's just the deception of Satan to try to make you think that he is in charge in hell. And, and some idiotic so-called philosopher said, I would rather uh, reign in hell than to serve in heaven. You don't reign in hell. You suffer in hell. And your, your soul is your mind. Your conscious mind. It is eternal. When you were creep, the actual punishment is separation from the Almighty. Correct? Yes, and it is eternal. The thing that wigged me out a couple of weeks ago when Earl was here, and he said something about being cast into the outer darkness, where there's weeping mm-hmm. and gnashing of teeth. Yeah, I don't think that's hell. He doesn't think that's hell either. It's, it's like believers that never did anything. They had no works to back up what it was that they claimed to have been. And it was like I pondered that thought for a while. It was like, how many people are in that camp? They don't do anything. They just... I think you, you can be in outer darkness right here and now. You know, um, Samson kept pushing it, pushing it and pushing it and ended up going ahead and telling Delilah like an idiot, I'm sorry, that, yeah, if you cut my hair, that's the secret to my power. And she did. Put him to sleep on her lap, cut his hair. And she yelled to him, the Philistines are on us. And he got up and said, I'll just deal with them like I've always done. But the Bible says... But Samson did not know that God had left him. I think he was in outer darkness right there. And he had been. Separate from God. But you can reconcile. You can repent. You can return. Yeah, David said that same thing. He said, return unto me the joy of my salvation. After yes. he screwed up. Yeah, so he spent some time in outer darkness. Weeping and gnashing of teeth. Think about Peter. Denied Christ, just like Jesus said he would. You'll deny me three times before the rooster crows. And he did. And when he realized it, he felt so horrible. He felt so bad. I think Judas felt the same way. He probably did. But he probably had great guilt, but he was not restored to the Lord. He was a reprobate amongst the twelve. 
from the beginning. And Jesus said He was chosen so that what God's will would be fulfilled. There had to be one in the mix to uh, betray Christ. And so Judas did it. So he was predestined for that role? Well, God chose him because he knew what he would do. You know, uh, he chose him because he knew what he would do. He didn't make him do it. He didn't make him do it, but he knew he'd do it. And most likely he could have repented without not done it, but God already knew it. Did he do that when he threw the money back? No. no. I think he probably just realized I'm going to say Satan's already entered him. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He did not have the Holy Spirit. None of the disciples got the Holy Spirit until... Pentecost. Well, John chapter 20, Jesus gives them the Holy Spirit, the disciples, but they went out and, and preached the truth. And then everybody was baptized in the Holy Spirit. Pentecost. Everybody that was there. But if we walk in the light as He is the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanseth us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. That's the end of chapter 1. We talked about this a week or two back. Uh, Christ paid for all your sin for all time. He did that on the cross, and all we have to do is believe. What does it mean then when it says if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins? I think when you know you've done wrong and you don't do anything about it and you don't go to the Lord and ask forgiveness, you'll end up getting chastened and things will start not going well for you. I've gotten some better at it over the years, but not there yet for sure. But um, many times in my past, I I would start feeling like something is just not right. Some this isn't the way things are supposed to be going. And I, you know, a thing or two goes wrong. Stuff that shouldn't be happening happens. And I'm not one of these that is going to personally believe. I mean, if you want to believe this way, that's okay. But we talked last week about the abundant life. What does that look like? Well, it, it should look better than the average Joe Schmo life, I think, right? Um, you should find blessings. You should find provision. You should see the Lord taking care of you and your family. You and your household. Even if you have family members that are not saved, they're going to be sanctified because that's your child or your sibling, or even your parent, if you have an unbelieving parent. But keeping a short list 
you know, when you sin, just hear the Holy Spirit say you shouldn't have done that. Confess that. Tell and confess. That is Greek homologeo. It means to say the same thing. That's what a Greek word means. You say the same thing about this that God says. What would God say about what you're involving yourself in right now? What would God have to say? He would say, this is not good, and I better turn around and get out of here. And uh, what well, do you say that yourself? Do you say the same thing? You better confess. Say the same thing that God says about whatever that is. Chapter 2, my little children, these things write I unto you that you sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. And He is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. That is yet another verse that puts a bullseye on the forehead of Calvinism and, and shoots an arrow right into it because they teach that Christ only died for the elect, only the ones that are chosen and saved. He didn't die for everybody. That verse says that He did. Then why isn't everyone going to heaven? Because they're denying Him. He paid their way, but they would rather hate Him. And, you know, they take the devil's bait. He makes them believe that he's in charge in hell and I'll get you a nice cushy desk job and all the women you want. Serve me. Everybody has a bus ticket when everybody gets on the bus. That's right. That's a good way to put it. Everybody's got the ticket to get on the bus, but not everyone does. In spite of what God told them. I think they're afraid they'll have to serve. But Jesus said He serves. And yes, we should serve one another and certainly serve Him. They don't want to do that. They love the world and what's in it. They love the lust of the eye and the lust of the flesh and the pride of life. Uh, they love that. And, and getting saved and serving Jesus, well, that means I can't do that anymore. I can't mean, that means I can't blow half my paycheck at a strip bar anymore and the other half on dope or drinking or whatever. So they don't. They choose not to do it. He is the propitiation for our sins and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. That could not be clearer. Yet Satan's doctrine of Calvinism tries to muddle that up. And they throw the Word of God across their anvil and they pound it with their hammer and make it say something that it obviously does not say. How much do you think religion has had to do with uh, making people think that, that they're going to heaven if they get baptized or if they're born into a Christian family? Uh, <laughs> Actually, religion has ginned up this whole conspiracy about uh, against being born again, being born from above. What did Jesus say, you know, to the religious leaders back in his yeah. time? Said, in your traditions and rituals, you watered down my work. Yeah. Yeah, and you caused people to be a, a greater child of hell than they would have been anyway. 
Yep. He says that. He does, Matthew 23, I believe. Mm-hmm. Well. I'll tell you in the Roman Catholic faith, which I was part of for 43 years, man, there were holy days of obligation, mortal sins, venial sins, yeah. the purgatory. And it's all the rosaries you had to say, and the nuns that beat the crap out of you if you didn't know your lessons. You could have been 50 years old in the third grade. There's no such thing as a ch- no child left behind. You better know it, or you're gonna you're gonna go to summer school and you'll repeat the grade again. Those nuns were vicious. Get on out of here. <laughs> and then you go to the all boys Catholic high school, and a disciplinarian was a former drill instructor from the Marine Corps. Right. And you know if you had a problem with another boy, he'd take both you down to the gym. Put, yeah, with boxing gloves, you fought it out, That's shake it. hands, and go back to class. And if your hair was too long, you pull your ID card. And you better get a haircut that night, otherwise when you come in the following day, high and tight, man, he'll buzz you right down your bone. Well, no, that kind of discipline that's not necessarily bad. I like the idea of putting the boxing gloves on and letting them fight it out. I mean, compared to what we see in public schools today, it's a joke. All right, let's move on. He, verse 4, he is John, First John 2, and it's verse 4. No, let me pick it up on three. And hereby we do know that we know Him if we keep His commandments. Now, people say, well, there's your Ten Commandments. And the Ten Commandments are good. The great commandment, love your brother as yourself, love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your strength and all your mind. Now, and, uh, and your neighbor as yourself. Um... But Jesus refined those tells too. Yes. But it doesn't mean that they're null and void. Right. They're all applicable. Now, how do we keep the Sabbath from uh, your Seventh Day Adventist? So you got to keep that Sabbath on Saturday. The truth is, right now, due to calendar conflicts over the millennia, we don't even know it's Saturday. The only reason we know it's Saturday is that we're saying that it is. You know, we could. And say, okay, guess, and we do, think about how we do daylight savings time. Oh, I guess it's not 5 p.m. anymore, it's 4 p.m. now. Um, anyway, you keep the Sabbath by being in Christ. You rest in Christ. You, you complete that rest. Your work is done, your work is over. The book of Hebrews is really clear on that. You're, you're keeping the Sabbath, it's been fulfilled once you are in Christ. And you don't have to work for your salvation anymore. You just get on that bus. Alright? That and the king will tell us what really day basically we get there, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure he'll say, all right, y'all, it's really this day we're thinking for. Well, yeah. you know, you know <laughs> Paul in Romans, of course, makes it very clear that if you put yourself under the law, you take yourself out of grace. Yeah. So, you can keep the law, and you should, especially kill, steal, lie, you know, and mm-hmm. things like that. But uh, if you uh, try to go by that and set your life up by keeping the law, you're going to fail miserably. The law is just given to show us we can't keep it. Yeah. And to make sin abound more. That sounds like, why would God do that? Well, because when you know the law and you break the law, your sins abound. More. Yeah, I mean... Paul said in Romans 7, if 
If not for the law, he would have never known that coveting was wrong. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> well, just, you know, I was telling Christian the other day, I'm coveting this Ford truck over at Hillsville. It's a guy works at Advance. It's a same body style as a Sef 250, like 80, 80, 80, 90. Uh, it's, it's an F 250 quad cab, four door. Does have the diesel? It's got a little bit of a lift on it. I don't know how I would get in it, but I'd still like to own it. <laughs> Coveting. All right. Verse four: He that saith, "I know him," and keepeth not his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoso keepeth his word, in him verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that we are in him. He that saith he abideth in him ought himself also so to walk, even as he walked. Brethren, I write no new commandment unto you, but an old commandment which you had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which you have heard from the beginning. Again, a new commandment I write unto you, which thing is true in him and in you, because the darkness is past and the true light now shineth. He that saith he is in the light and hateth his brother is in darkness even until now. He that loveth his brother abideth in the light. And there is none occasion of stumbling in him. But he that hateth his brother is in darkness, and walketh in darkness, and knoweth not whither he goeth, because that darkness hath blinded his eyes. I write unto you, little children, because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. I write unto you, fathers, because you have known him that is from the beginning. I write unto you, young men, because you have overcome the wicked one. I write unto you, little children, because you have known the Father. I've written unto you, fathers, because you have known him that is from the beginning. I've written unto you, young men, because you are strong, and the word of God abideth in you, and you have overcome the wicked one. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away. And the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Little children, it is the last time. And as you have heard that Antichrist shall come, even now are there many Antichrists, whereby we know that it is the last time. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us, but they went out that they might be made manifest that they were not all of us. 
people were traveling with them and, and, and us. Even today, you know, we've had so many. Now, I'm not saying somebody that decides they don't want to continue attending this study is, is not saved. I wouldn't ever say that. This study isn't the kind of study that a lot of people even need. You know, they may need a little bit more basic preaching at the, one of the local churches. Um, but nonetheless, we've had a lot of people come once, maybe twice, and they're gone. And we've gotten used to that through the years. I could honestly, I could write a book about this Bible study. And some of the people we've met, and the demon-possessed guy. Um, John. Yeah. He uh, was very interesting when I was reading out one of the Gospels. And I couldn't quite tell he was doing it, but I don't know, Bob, you may have been the one who pointed it out. Uh, when I'd get on the red letters of Christ's words, he would sit over there and groan. He was possessed. He, um, I don't think he was the only one. No, that... Uh, yeah. That girl that was here. Yeah, she had... Here he passed away about a year ago. Yeah. Frankie came to church this past Sunday. Right. I've seen her and I don't know. I'm glad she's getting out and about. Um, I thought that person that whacked her kid over here and stuck the little baby in a cave. Yeah. Her. yeah. Yeah, we had them. Killed her baby. They seem like they're really nice. Yeah. Meadows. You can't uh, you can't tell always. Yeah. You cannot tell always about someone. Uh, but I know that, that Satan has been very displeased with this meeting here. I'm glad of that. And he has tried through various means to infiltrate and to spy out as we see in the scripture they came just to spy us out greater is he that's in us than he that's in this world yes so um, I think those sorts of encounters may get worse the what? those sorts of encounters with uh, with these godless people who are trying to I, I, it's been less in recent years, though. I don't know. Maybe the devil knows that we're not going to be fooled. This guy's name built a little white church down there. Brian Wolfert, Wolfert. yeah. You ever see him hear anything out of Yeah, once in a while, yeah. Um, well, yeah. That's to change the subject. Back on, I'm, you know, I'm, all, I'm about this darkness that uh, John is speaking about. Uh, if you don't love your brother, if you hate your neighbor, if you uh, there's several things. If you walk in the darkness, you're, uh, you, you, you say you're in the light. Uh, over in um, reminding me over in Peter, it says um, that we're uh, we're a royal priesthood, a holy nation. Is this in Peter? Speaking, yeah, speaking of, of course about the Jews at this point because. Everybody was Jewish at this point, you know, but it applies to the church. And uh, it says, uh, showing forth his praise, who hath called us, called you out of darkness into the marvelous light. And over in um, uh, Peter, Second Peter, uh, let's see, 
start out. Um, let's see, First Peter. Let's see. I don't think we start that sometime. It's uh, Second Peter or First Peter, but he's talking about uh, if you if you keep certain if you do certain things. It's First Peter uh, four. Hereby are given to exceeding great and precious promises. Hereby these you might be partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption which is in the world through lust, uh, and besides this, giving all diligence to faith, virtue, and virtue knowledge, and knowledge temperance, and temperance patience, and patience godliness, and godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity. For these things, if these things be in you, then you abound, and make you that you shall not be barren or fruitless in the knowledge but he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off and hath forgotten uh, that he was purged from his old sin. And it's talking about blindness over here and it's talking about we're called... Being purged from sin. The same yeah, we're called, we're called into light and yeah. not darkness. So it, it, it makes me wonder if, uh, uh, if, if myself included especially... Uh, if, if a lot of times I forget that I'm purchased and that I walk and that I'm blind myself to, to the obvious things because I haven't done these things. I haven't had faith and, and virtue and knowledge and, and temperance and patience and godliness and brotherly love. And as, as I do that, I see a blindness come upon me and I no longer seem to want God as much or, or be as loving to people or kind. And uh, it kind of makes me think if uh, uh, I'm not in darkness, but I'm just blinded. And it can happen to us all, and we can fail tests too. Um, <laughs> I read something today. Uh, it said that uh, you know psychologists have uh, fallen upon the, the the therapeutic effects of cursing. So just throw a fit. Just just throw a fit and stomp and rage and curse. And I had to laugh. But uh, I don't think you need to curse. But I think you can express your anger over something. Righteous indignation over something. And so I think a lot of people keep it bottled up. And they don't think it's very gentlemanly to, uh, to, to, to say anything. It says be angry and don't sin. Christ did that at the temple. Sure. Big time. Is anger a sin? No. Not if it's in so. the right direction. I'm not sure that any emotion is a sin, is it? Well, you know, That's not debatable, the, the normal emotions. I mean, lust would be, but... Uh, love's not an emotion. But, uh, but um, yeah, you, you've got to wonder because actually uh, maybe more than a decade or two decades or maybe even more, they started coming out with this thing about, about uh, you know, taking a pillow and hitting somebody that you're angry with and, and then, you know, it, it evolves into a little crush their skull and then you'll feel better. Mm. You know, I mean, they actually advocate. Well, they've got these places you can go. They'll just roll an old junk car in there and charge you so much and hand you a baseball bat. Yeah. And you just start busting it up. Mm-hmm. And then that's supposed to make you feel better. To me, it would make me feel bad. Yeah, I yeah. would be thinking, you know what? There's some folks out there that that's their that's the car they have, and they could use these parts. You know, yeah. um, 
they they might need a side glass for you know or whatever they, they you know and here you are destroying something and saying it makes you feel better I don't like that never have you know Pete Townsend of the Who he started the trend of busting his guitar at the end of the show yeah, yeah. oh yeah and they, these on. today you know these 1960s Fender straps he's busted millions of dollars with guitars you know to, to somebody some kid would love to have that guitar yeah. well, what's that wrong with your mom the value so how they busted up so many yeah <laughs> yeah he probably increased the value of the ones that are left yeah well, let's read on we're in first John 2 um Verse 20 says, But you have an unction from the Holy One, and you know all things. I have not written unto you because you know not the truth, but because you know it. And that is no lie is of the truth. Who is a liar but he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ? He is Antichrist that denieth the Father and the Son. Whosoever denieth the Son, the same hath not the Father. But he that acknowledged the Son hath the Father also. Let that therefore abide in you, which you have heard from the beginning. If that which you have heard from the beginning shall remain in you, you also shall continue in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that He hath promised us, even eternal life. These things I have written unto you concerning them that seduce you. But the anointing which you have received of Him abideth in you, and you need not that any man teach you. But as the same anointing teacheth you of all things and is truth and is no lie and even as it hath taught you you shall abide in him it's one of my favorite verses in the bible Mm -hmm. verse 27 of first john 2 you don't need anybody to teach you you've got the holy spirit you don't need to go to some theological seminary and come out all puffed up like you know it all and they're all teaching error, every last one of them, at least to some degree. And, and you know, it used to be that the Southern Baptists were pretty squared away, but they're getting further and further away from where they need to be. They brought in Calvinism. That was the camel's nose under the tent. And to me, if you can't see how blasphemous that doctrine is, and I know I harp on Calvinism a lot, I hate it a lot. And what that means is God only chose certain ones to be saved and everybody else has to die and they can't be saved and that's the way God wants it. It says the gift of salvation has appeared to everybody. The the Bible is full of rebuttals to that entire Mm -hmm. satanic doctrine. But you know, you got people in the Southern Baptist Convention thinking that's okay, that that doctrine's all right. All that tells me is they better get born again before they draw their last breath. They'll be sitting there at the you know, after rapture happens, and at least they'll know the truth then. Take a very quick 